and welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Thursday. We got a little Jakey Jakey. Oh, hey, I actually remember to say hello this time. Nice. Hey, good job, Jake. And Eric Moody. Nando, Jake, What's good up? morning, gents. How you guys doing? Yeah, doing pretty good. Well, yeah, yeah. fully caffeinated. Sorry, sorry. Let, me go to, let me go to Eric first. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing great. You know, I had I had a couple of cups of coffee. You know, in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, played around with the uh, with the new puppy for a little bit. You know, just ready to talk about some fantasy football. Me too. Uh, today's show is going to be all about trades. Uh, we're going to have some fun with that. Um, I'm sorry, Jake. I know you get sensitive about this. How are you doing? <laughs> the trades or asking me how I'm just doing? Just overall. You know, I asked Eric. I didn't ask you. So, uh, so depending, how about depending on when this is being listened to by everybody out there, tune into our show this afternoon because I'm sure we're talking about the Pittsburgh, Tennessee official news, right? Yeah, but I mean, there's not much you can do. It's a bye week. I'm looking at it like it's a bye week, right? For right. those of you who don't know, I mean, I mean, you got to know like by if now. You, if you didn't take preparations on waivers, the guy tweeted it out on The Athletic and on the Twitter account and said, you know, here are some options if you waited and now you have slim pickings out there. I mean, people are going to have to make options at this point. I feel bad for commissioners today because there are going to be so many people who think this might qualify for the COVID IR, which it, which should. it should. We talked about this Tuesday, but the commissioners might not think so, you know? I'm I'm waiting this. I, I'm already <laughs> The flex leagues, the 60 people in the email, I'm waiting to see if the site that we're on is going to let them once the game is officially updated on their site or I'm going to have to manually move everybody for all 60 teams. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, Jake. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, look, there's not much we can say about that. The Titans and the Steelers are all out, uh, but they are going to play the full complement of games. So, you know, this, this might actually work better if you're like a Derrick Henry uh, guy. Because later in the season, when there are six buys, six games that are on buy, you know he'll be there. So you don't need him now as much when there are no buys. There's your silver lining, right? Oh, we, we you on board with that? We did have two teams in a week four buy, buy last year, so it's not like. But I, again, this is more that waivers already ran. If people didn't listen and take preparations, they might not be thinking that they need options. I mean, there's somebody that tweeted me this morning that said they have Henry Connor and I forget. Oh, uh, Deontay Johnson, oh, which I mean, you should have been ready for no Deontay Johnson anyway, but yeah. that just being said, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's uh, just, by the way, Oh, go oh, ahead, Moody. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's, it's just one of those scenarios for where I'm like going into the season. Everyone's aware of COVID unless you've been living under a rock or in a bunker somewhere. So I'm like, this was in the realm of possibilities and just what I was stressing to, uh, the folks on Twitter and then, just people who were asking me is that you got to have a contingency plan for when these things pop up. So now it's time to execute. Speaking of contingency plans, uh, quick plug, Eric Moody has been caretaking the depth charts and the, uh, the injury updates. We just refresh that over and over again, several times a day when news comes in. Uh, so if you want to check that out, just go to the athletic.com and uh, I don't know, look for Eric Moody. It's on the fantasy football. It should be athletic.com slash fantasy football. It's up in one of the top four spots. Um, and we refresh it enough, it will probably pop in the top of your app. Um, but yeah, several emails, many emails a day from Eric Moody that we just pop in there and they're all good. And uh, it's a little bit of depth chart. It's a little bit of injury report. It's a little bit of analysis from Moody. Um, it's good stuff. And you can actually get The Athletic for a dollar a month, theathletic.com slash fantasy football pod. So today's show, we're going to talk some trade. I've heard a lot of trade buzz. I'm seeing a lot more trade questions. I think that I'm, I don't know, Jake, like you get a lot of questions. Does it seem like people are asking more trade questions now? And maybe because of all the, you know, more injuries, whatever, but it seems like the trade questions don't get hot and heavy until like week six or seven. And it's like, we just ended week three and already I'm getting inundated with, would you trade these two for these two? So two things. First off the top, Eric, if you noticed that Nando did not read my article this week because the beginning of the week four article is fantasy football trades 101, 201, 301, how to become a better trader. Lessons for all three levels. Lessons to take you from beginner to master's degree because getting a ton of trade questions in the comments every single week. It's actually week three or four for me, Nando, every single year. That's why I do it around this time. Or Jake, maybe I did read your article and I was setting you up for an answer. I don't believe you. I think so. <laughs> uh, okay, this fine. Let's wrong burgundy. Tap, tap on the desk. I don't believe you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Anchorman? Yeah, I only saw it once. I didn't like it. Oh, my God. But let's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with your Avengers take at the same time. Avengers Endgame is not a good movie. All right, let's oh go. My God. <laughs> Avengers Infinity Gauntlet was. Wait, whatever it was before. Anyway, look, look, come on, Jake. Let's please focus. 
Yeah, I get accused of keeping us unfocused and getting these three-star reviews. <laughs> and, and you're the one who takes us off track, Jake, with your yep, anger. Yep, 100%. Always. Joe Mixon. Uh, a lot of people are saying buy low. I want to know, can you really buy low anymore? Like, everyone's so smart, and they're reading the same stuff. Um, so I want to get into some Joe Mixon trades because I was, I was kind of like, oh, buy low Joe Mixon is a very easy thing to say on Twitter. Uh, but then when it actually comes time to procure Joe Mixon from another team, I feel like you're going to have to pay up to a degree. So I went to the Yahoo trade page. Everyone should see this page. Like, I've, I've got it bookmarked. It's called the trade market. If you go to your Yahoo league, if you're in a Yahoo league, uh, you go to research and then trade market. It's pretty easy right off the top. If you're not in a Yahoo league, I think you can just Google Yahoo trade market and check it out. Um, anyway, so Joe Mixon, here are some trades for Joe Mixon. And what I want to do is I want to assign one side to Jake and one side to Moody. And I'd like your analysis on this trade if you'd take it or not. So Jake, you've got Joe Mixon in all of these. Okay. Okay. Eric Moody, you have T.Y. Hilton. Do you make that deal? If Jake says, Hey, I'll give you, I'll give you Mixon for your T.Y. Hilton. Would you make that deal? Yeah. My, my initial thought would be, yeah, to, uh, to take the trade. You yeah. take on Joe Mixon, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with taking on Joe Mixon in that scenario. Are we happy with Joe Mixon right now? How do we feel about him? Oh, how do I feel about him? Yeah, what's the Moody take on Joe Mixon? All right, Moody take on Joe Mixon. Um, but to your earlier comment too about like buy low, I, I think the whole community as a whole is is much more like informed these days than another issue. Which I don't know, Jake may have a similar feeling about this. It's like people like I'm going to live or die by the trade calculator. Here's what it says. I'm like, those things drive me, drive me batty. You know, you have to understand, you know, the dynamic of your league and the other players that you're playing against, Uh, but going, going with Joe Mixon. I'm like, I think a lot of people are having like the sunk cost trap, like in fantasy, which can be detrimental to your team when you think about Mixon, because it's kind of hard for fantasy players to accept that they may have made a wrong choice. So I think the sooner the people, it, on one angle, move away from Joe Mixon the better, but the, the, the part that I have trouble with Nando is really with the the volume. I'm like he's average, you know, twenty point three opportunities and around ten PPR fantasy points per game this season. I just think his biggest challenges are going to be you know game flow, you know the the offensive line and like efficiency, you know, because the, the Bengals are throwing a ton and that's going to continue for this season. Offensive line, you know, their issues are well documented, but just Mixon's been really inefficient, you know, with the volume. Now, I'm not saying that things can't improve, you know, because they can, but it just depends, too, when I'm looking at T.Y., you know, for Mixon. It just depends on the entire dynamic of my team. If I just need someone that uh, where I'm looking for volume at the running back position, you know, I'll, I'll take it on because I do believe that Mixon is athletically gifted enough to, to transcend poor offensive line play. It's just this thing is going to take a little bit longer to, to, to gel. But that's kind of my take on Mixon and kind of how I feel about him and uh, in that scenario with Hilton. So there we go. <laughs> Jakey, what, what happened here? I mean, like, Mixon, at the end of last year, second half of last year, coming off the bye, was a totally different running back with totally different usage. It's the same coaching staff. Um, what, like, what's going on? It's not the same offense as what's going on. So, real quickly, to go back to it, I will agree and even said, I have him as a buy low. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I do want to backtrack on two things, because you didn't kind of ask the question when you said, like, the we can't really buy low anymore. You still can. I think anybody listening to our show Probably not because they probably are in more advanced leagues if they're listening to a podcast about no, fantasy Jake football. Kissing up. Jake kissing up for those five stars. No, it's, I'm just being, I'm trying to give people perspective of where you can and can't buy low. But I mean, you might be listening to this podcast and like some friends that are in my home league who also listen to this podcast, but another league here locally where eight of the other 10 owners are inexperienced. And he just sent me a trade yesterday, which is the most god-awful trader he traded for a quarterback having kyler murray he traded for cam newton and traded like talent for it and they're of course pissed off and losing their minds about it so you can and i tweeted last night about the fact that i'm going through all these trade comments over 300 questions i've answered already and a lot of juju smith schuster where people are like do i trade juju smith schuster for like I'm, I'm like even lesser than james robinson and i'm like why are you trying to trade juju smith schuster and i say all that nando because you can because it's perception what moody's talking about here is the fact that the perception is joe mixon is trash and joe mixon of course is a low-end rb2 right now but he's getting 20 touches a game you can't say that about a lot of running backs you can only probably say that about 12 maybe at best 15 in any given year so to get those 20 touches every single week 
you hope the touchdowns come back around. But to go to your last part of this question, to bring it all full circle, yes. the offense is different, even though it's the same regime, because Joe Burrow is now at quarterback. Go back to what Emery said. Go back to what I echoed, and Emery had a much better way of calling it the point-and-shoot. I called it point-and-click, which just sounds stupid now. But the point-and-shoot offense where you let Burrow play shotgun, you let Burrow sit back there, find somebody open and shoot because you don't want him going through multiple reads, well, that takes Mixon out of the play sometime, especially if you're going to involve Giovanni Bernard in the passing game. So that's all it is. It's just it's a change in offense, even though the, the scheme and the coaches are the same. The scheme's changed a little bit for Burrow, and the offense has changed because of Burrow. So it's not exactly the same thing we saw last year with Joe Mixon. Will it get better, Jake? I mean, now we, we've assessed the issue. Can we treat it and will it get better as, as maybe Joe Burrow gets more comfortable? It, so I would not like if I told you if you call me like a eight, like at a 10, do I think it gets better? I'd say maybe a six. I, I don't think it's much better than 50 50. It gets better. But you're getting mixing in a lot of leagues at a bargain basement price. You're getting them for again. I'm going through these trade questions and why I did the trade article for what sounds like people are willing to trade or trade for flex running back value if you get that or if you even get the low-end rb2 that he is right now you're getting him at okay nothing changes you paid the price that he is right now if he does improve if the offense does improve if they start to use him more consistently even in the passing game then you're getting a return like worst case scenario right now you don't get a return on investment but you don't also lose Right, Mixon doesn't seem like he has a lot of risk. In, I mean, he has a he has a floor, and it's we know what it is at this point. Um, if if you, you told me blank running back gets twenty touches a game, I would go buy him as an RB two at least. I would not send that trade for T Y Hilton. I would keep Joe Mixon. You keep Joe right? Okay, so you wouldn't accept that deal. No. Right. Well, okay. you told me I'm coming from the oh, Mixon right, right, side. Right. So you yeah, you wouldn't have even done that. Okay. I uh, wouldn't send that one. Eric, let me run through real quick some of the other trades that have been uh, completed for Joe Mixon in Yahoo leagues. And th these these come up without any context, so I don't know if it's you know PPR, twelve team, whatever. Uh, just kind of in a vacuum, if we can, which I know is impossible. But just for some guidelines here, uh, here here are the players. Mixon's gone for T.Y. Hilton. He's been traded for Keenan Allen. He's been traded for Chris Godwin. Hmm. Uh, there's a deal with Hilton and David Montgomery uh, for for Mixon. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. and then uh, Milton. Uh, sorry, M Mixon and Thielen for Devontae Parker and Ezekiel Elliott. Um. <laughs> if you're trying to get Joe Mixon from someone, I assume you start with T.Y. Hilton. They counter with Hilton and Montgomery will get it done. What do you do at that point? Are you like, get out of here, please? I kind of I kind of like that trade with uh, with Hilton and Montgomery. I would rather receive like Hilton and Montgomery, you know, right. in that scenario. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, yeah so that, that's, that's a good deal. But it, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think you're looking at looking at Hilton because like to Jake's point, I'm like, you're, like you don't want to give up, you don't want to give up the volume because that's such a valuable commodity, you know, in fantasy. But you know, I'd rather not give up Juju, you know, for obvious reasons for Mixon. You know, Keenan Allen, you know, I'm willing to part with him. But like Godwin, you know, for Mixon, I'm just like, hmm. I was like, nope, yeah. nope. I think that's someone who just doesn't want to deal with his hamstring thing for the next few weeks. He doesn't have that long view, really. Yeah, yeah, because that that that's madness, uh, madness, 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 right there. Mixon and Thielen. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was like for Devontae Parker and, and Elliott, you know, obviously receiving the Parker and Elliott side is uh, is ideal. But just with the volume that Mixon's getting and then with Thielen, I know Justin Jefferson had his, uh, you know, rookie coming out party, which is great. But, you know, Thielen's still going to get that target volume. So that's kind of my stance on all those trades. Did I hit on all of them, Nando? I think so. Yeah, you got the important ones. You got, hey, by the way, Justin Jefferson in Eric Moody's column this week is one of the players you can trust who are flying under the radar a little bit, a little bit. Maybe they don't have the believers yet. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I'd like to move on to. Jake, uh, Beckham's got some very interesting trades here. Let me just run through these real quick and tell you what's, what's going on in Yahoo Leagues. Uh, Beckham and David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. And I, this is a trade that was made. I went and checked the date before DeAndre Hopkins' ankle injury popped up and he didn't practice yesterday. Uh, didn't practice on Wednesday for whenever you're listening to this. Uh, Odell Beckham and Kelly for Kenyon Drake. We got Beckham and Chase Edmonds for Kareem Hunt and Darius Slayton. Um, but let me start with this, Jake. If you just wanted to go player versus player, would you rather have right now Terry McLaurin or Odell Beckham? McLaurin. Not even close. Not even close? Not even close. Isn't that crazy? That that's, we're talking about Odell Beckham Jr., who three years ago was like the most exciting. 
electric, no, amazing it, player in the world. It, it would have been crazy two years ago, or even the beginning of last year, but after last year and the start to this season, no, it's not crazy anymore. Moody, what's the problem with Beckham? Is he uh, in a bad offense? Does he not click with Baker Mayfield? Was he just not as good as we thought he was? And maybe he just looked great for those couple of years with Eli Manning. Hold, hold on, you... Moody. There's a one. There, actually, you can make it a two-word answer. You better. There's a, there's a very simple answer. You better get it right. <laughs> well, between uh, McLaurin and Beckham, or just my take on Beckham? No, and... no. What's wrong? He said, "What's wrong with Beckham?" Oh, what's wrong with Beckham? <laughs> now I'm trying to think about what Jake's uh, wanting yeah, Jake, to say. Yeah, Jake, this is tough. You can't make this a game. I'm just yeah, like, is, is it, does it, it have anything to do Jake simple. with some of his off the field? Here's a hint. Here's a hint. He's on a billion commercials. <laughs> off the field activities Ronald McDonald no it's Baker Mayfield that's what's wrong with Odell oh, okay, Beckham I get done I'm thinking well, Jake, that was one of the questions yeah <laughs> that's why I know I was trying to cue him up and help him but you know what's funny is that I thought I thought we were just talking about like with Beckham but no I, I agree with you Jake it is it is with uh with Mayfield you know I, I kind of roll my eyes anytime I do see a Baker Mayfield commercial but here's a scenario I'll answer Nando's question and I'll also appeal Jake at the same time because that's just you know I, I can do that so all right I'd rather have McLaurin obviously than Beckham you know easy choice there the one thing with Beckham which is odd I'm like I'm like he leads the Browns in targets in air yards but to Jake's point, it's hard to trust a quarterback that's tethered to Baker Mayfield. You know, when you have success or failure for Mayfield being ultimately tied to the matchup, and in turn, that affects Beckham. The irony is that Mayfield actually has a higher passer rating throwing like the Jarvis Landry. But I think the Browns really gave us a glimpse of how they want to play football, you know, last week, especially offensively. You know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined you know, for 39 opportunities. So I don't think Beckham is is necessarily the issue. It is all about Mayfield and having that rapport, you know, with Mayfield. I just think he views Jarvis Landry as his uh, security bank blanket, kind of like what Linus from uh, Peanuts, you know, Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah, nice. I'll always yeah. with that blanket. And so, and then one thing like OBJ, it's, and this kind of goes to the off the field stuff that's really difficult to quantify is, you know, I don't know how OBJ likes to spend his time like in the offseason. It's not like he's re- he may not be reaching out to Baker saying, hey, let's go, you know, let's go hang out. Let's go stay somewhere for a week, really get to know each other and build and build a rapport. And I don't I don't know if Baker Mayfield's that kind of dude, but I'm like, he just doesn't. There's just something that's missing and there's a connection or spark, you know, that's not there. So that's kind of my take on the whole situation. Uh, so, so, Jake, I, I didn't exactly hit the head of the nail of, of what you were setting up, but I, I did provide some context. <laughs> that was more than two words. I'm sorry. We're going to just edit that whole thing out. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, Jake, which of these trades do you like? Do you like Beckham and David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins? No. If you want to go get uh, – see, no. I'm, I'm looking at this from the, the side that you want to get these guys. They're kind of underperforming. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want anything to do with Beckham and you have him and you want to get rid of him. Well, you told me I was on the first side. So though I just picked the side, I would rather have Beckham and David Johnson, mostly because David Johnson right now, I think you're about to have your buy low window closed. He's had a brutal start this season, but the good news is he's on the field over 90% of the snaps. Even if you go back to week one when Duke Johnson was out there, worst case scenario was 81% of the snaps. And hey, now hey, the schedule... What? Jake, we got David Johnson coming up, man. Let's not, let's not give away I mean, too much. I'm just telling you for this I'm just trade. Kidding, man. Sorry. Keep going. I know. Sorry. So the rest you'll have to wait for. No, so. no, keep going, Jake. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, no. The rest you'll have to wait for. <laughs> the, That's a nice uh, tease. the Kenyon Drake one, I don't love so much, mostly because I wasn't, you know this, I wasn't the big fan of Kenyon Drake. I had him as a fringe RB1, and I didn't even like it to start this year, and everybody yelled at me for having him that low. But I don't even think that buying low on Drake with Beckham and Kelly feels like a real buy low there. The Hunt and Slate one, Nah, Hunt, and, Hunt just missed practice yesterday. Not that it's a big deal, but Slayton doesn't do much. I'd rather actually just rather have Beckham for that one because he's the best player in that deal. You get Chase Edmonds, too, is a little bit of a throw-in, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Eric Moody, uh, this Odell Beckham and Joshua Kelly for Kenyon Drake deal uh, intrigues me a little bit because, I don't know, like when I look at a trade, I almost look at it like, and this is going to sound weird, but like a, like a, like, you remember when you used to take chemistry in high school or college, however far everybody got here on that? Um and you'd see the two sides of the chemical reaction, and you're like, that looks pretty easy. It's Kelly and Drake. I just keep going back and forth. And I don't know, this might be way weird of a reference, but like when you got that, you need the three CO2s to equal the CH6O12, and you just got to keep going back and forth and adding little things on to make them equal. This is how I feel about that one. Like Kelly and Drake, I just keep going back and forth and kind of figuring out, like, well, this guy's risky because of this. 
And Kelly, I mean, like, he's good right now, but, you know, it's, is this going to last forever, this two-headed backfield? You know, Drake, I don't know, man. Like, maybe that, they may just have too many passing weapons. Or, you know, go back and look at Drake's numbers last year, and they were kind of up and down, and a lot of them came from three big games, like Jake always says. Um, if you're looking at the Beckham plus Kelly for Drake side, I'm sorry, deal, which side would you want to be on there? Yeah, I'd, I'd just rather be on the uh, Beckham and, uh, and Kelly side, you know, because Beckham's getting the air yards, he's getting the targets, he'll still continue to be involved, and I just see the the backfield in, uh, I was about to say San Diego, in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, I might, I see same problem. Yeah, you know, I, I think the backfield, it is going to continue to be a, a committee. You know, Eckler will be involved, and also Joshua Kelly, it's just Eckler is going to get more of the targets. I'm like, with the money that they paid Eckler, at least in my opinion, it's not bell cow money. So Kelly will still continue to be involved. And like with Drake, it's just you just don't know if he's going to consistently get the touches uh, because of all the weapons, to your point. So I just rather have Beckham and Kelly. Uh, Let me ask you guys this to wrap this up kind of quickly. Uh, What do you need to see from Odell Beckham over his next two games? And Jake will go with you first to be like, okay, we're good now. Like the Odell Beckham's back on the right track. What What do you need to see exactly? Is it like... 10 targets, eight receptions, 130 yards and a touchdown? Or, you know, could we go down as far as like eight, eight, 96? Like, what, what, do you, what is it that you need to see? I need to see something not from Odell Beckham. I need to see Baker Mayfield attempting more passes and looking for Odell Beckham consistently. So those numbers would suggest that's happening. So I would even say the if I had seven for 90 two weeks in a row, that's usually wide receiver too, even without a touchdown. So I will take that because that means he's getting the consistent options here. The, the problem is this offense, two tight end set, run heavy, uh, maybe Kareem Hunt being out. If he is, that obviously we don't know. But if he is, that might just help Beckham. But the problem is why I would also need to see this because you said two weeks in a row. Well, this week is the Cowboys. You would assume he needs to have a good game or will have a good game because everybody does against the Cowboys just like everybody does against the Seahawks right now. But next week, is the Colts. And then the week after that, they head to Pittsburgh. So I'm going to want to see him do it two weeks in a row before I trust him against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. So that's really what it comes down to is Baker needs to start throwing a little bit more his way. Quick follow-up, Jake. If, if he's 13-790 or if he's 8-790, which one will make you feel better? The one where he's getting a lot of targets still or the one where he's catching all the targets because they were on point? Uh, both would make on it. Like, I'm just saying both because the eight plus, can I get eight plus targets a week? Then yes, I'm going to feel good fair moody how about you what do you need to see same thing yeah yeah it's similar just more pass attempts from uh from baker and then also just more efficiency from uh from odell beckham that's really what it comes down to and i just don't know if we're right. going to get it because you know what look at the schedule i'm like the, the colts you know with their run defense you know the steelers and their run defense and it's just going to be situations where teams are going to force baker to attempt to beat them and he's just going to have to step up to the plate and make it happen all right let's uh so we got Left on this trade thing, Allen Robinson and David Johnson. And then a little A.J. Green, if we got the time. Um, I got a whole second part that's into just just some players who are very intriguing, I think. It ended up being a couple of slot guys in Cole Beasley and Hunter Renfro. And then, quote-unquote, the new guys in Mike Davis, Devontae Freeman, and uh, Darrell Henderson. But let's set up Allen Robinson really quickly, because this, this one I found very interesting. When you go to the Yahoo trade market, they list, you know, a full page. Here are the 25 trades. Uh, over the last two days that we made for these players, you go to Allen Robinson and it's only two trades listed. So here's my question. Not that these are fair, but with Nick Foles coming in as a quarterback, um, Eric Moody, I'll start with you. I think this is like a, just more of a psychological question in a way. Is Are people reluctant to trade Allen Robinson because Nick Foles is a quarterback now and everyone's expecting a big burst of fantasy goodness from him? Or are people not trading Allen Robinson because he's kind of boring and he's kind of left kind of like the... He's kind of like in the blinders now. Jake, remember the fantasy blind spot? Could he be a fantasy yeah. blind spot now? It's, I mean, you know, the, the, the shiny, buzzy guys are getting traded, and Allen Robinson's sitting here with two trades in the last two days. So, uh, Eric Moody, I'd like to hear your take on that. Why is, why is nobody trading for Allen Robinson? Yeah, I just think it's perception. You know, people just think about the, the dumpster fire, you know, Bears offense. They think about Mitch Trubisky. You know, think about Nick Falls. They don't think about playoff Nick Falls and what he did with the Eagles. They just think about Nick Falls in general as being terrible. So, uh, I think it is a mistake because, you know, Robinson's proved throughout his career that he could thrive catching balls from mediocre quarterbacks. It was great last week to finally see him have that breakout game, you know, that we've all been waiting for, you know, from the summer kind of leading up to this point. I'm like, Foles threw three touchdowns in a quarter, you know, is under center. 
And I know Robinson and Foles connected on four or six targets for 54 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. So I look at Robinson. I think he's a guy that people should trade for, especially when you look at his upcoming schedule. Uh, he's got some very favorable matchups. And if you're really looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs, some of the Bears play uh, against the Texans in week 14, Vikings in week 15, and Jaguars in week 16. So he's shaping up to really be a league winner that you may be able to get on the cheap right now. How about that revenge game for both Nick Foles and Allen Robinson? Yeah. Well, Jake, you believe? Huh? Take it down the Jaguars? No, no because revenge game is trash. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, they are trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be that's next week's show. Revenge game, question mark. No. Stop. Jake, I mean, I think all three of us maybe are the same here in let's go get Allen Robinson, right? Like, I mean, if if no one's trading for him, that means Either people are offering trades and the Allen Robinson GM saying, like, no, get away. Like, I, I want none of this because he's going to be amazing. You're not offering me enough. Um, mm, no. What? no. I, th- well, I, was I, thought, say- I thought you were, that was the end of your question. I'm sorry. I, I never know when to jump in and, like, not pause and get yelled at for it. I would never yell at you, Jake. <laughs> we're friends. And if I do, it's just playful. Rank in terms of who you want on your team right now, Joe Mixon, Odell Beckham Jr., and Allen Robinson, if you look at the rest of the season. I just want to get the, the, the guys we've talked about so far into kind of a trade list of, of who people should maybe pursue. So I know Beller's sitting back there probably either grinning or chuckling a little bit because he probably knows I'm about to say what I'm about to say. And the fact that I freaking told people, Allen Robinson, just like the people in the comments, go ahead and keep ranking him inside the top 10, you moron, last week. Yeah, that's why you rank him inside the top 10, because of the air yards opportunity, whether or not Nick Foles, the opportunity was going to hit because Allen Robinson is Allen Robinson. So to answer your question, it's Allen Robinson, then Allen Robinson, then Allen Robinson, and then Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham. People don't call you morons in the comments. Never. I know you're reading between. They don't actually call you a moron, though. Uh, I was actually nicing up some of the words that I've been called. <laughs> Jake, what you must do on Fridays to relieve stress. That'll be a book someday. <laughs> get a massage. <laughs> yeah, get a, yeah. well, you can't do that right now, Jakey Jakey. Uh, yeah, actually, you can if they only work in one location and you go in one at a time and they super sanitize and there's an hour break between all their appointments, you can. All right. You could buy a shiatsu. Remember that store oh. in the mall? Brookstone? Did you see the freaking uh, the if it's scorpion a tweet, if chair it, that they came out with? No. Oh, go look that one up. It's a gaming chair that holds your monitors in front of you and massages your back and moves around while you're sitting in it. Uh, go look it up. It's just I saw that. Jake needs. Yeah. The uh, scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> Stress reliever. Uh, all right, Jakey Jakey. We talked a little about David Johnson before. Let's get into it. Well, also Jake and Eric. <laughs> Moody, you too. I just want to go to Jake first. I like directing this traffic. Uh, David Johnson, I think, has the weirdest trade value of anyone in the NFL right now. People point to the first three games that he had against Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Um, he's only topped out at 13 carries this year so far. Jake, you, I mean, you were flowing about David Johnson and how he's in such a good spot right now. He's had 25 attempts this year. Duke Johnson's had five. C.J. Proceis has one. Um, in the two games, in two of the three games, they've been down 24-7 and 23-10 going into the fourth, so the game script hasn't really been on his side. I went to Sport Radar, where you can split up uh, the splits by half so far. He's 22 for 83 in the first half, and uh, 7-4-49. Oh, wait, I messed that up. <laughs> I don't know what he is. Anyway, his first half and second half, sp- oh, I got it. 22 for 83 in the first half, only 13 for 51 in the second half of games, and then 7-4-49 in the first half whereas he's 4-3-22 in the second half. So he's obviously getting more in the first half. The, uh, the Texans are getting squashed, and then he's losing all of his touches. Um, that's how I see David Johnson. Correct me if I'm wrong, if, if I've missed something so far, Jake. No. So for everybody that's in like their 30s, a little fun here. Can we go back in the time machine? We're going to go back. Let's go back to week one. Does everybody remember week one? Oh, my God. David Johnson looks great. He's RB10 for week one. Oh, he's back. David Johnson's back. Everybody get on board. And that happened in week one of 2020. And then two weeks later, after two really bad matchups and still seeing 90% of the workload, everybody's completely off David Johnson. Could it be a bad year? Could it be down like this, what we just saw the past two weeks and have a few blips of like week one and it's up and down and up and down and up and down. And he's basically some weeks at RB2, some weeks at RB4. Sure, but it's never going to get cheaper than it is right now. 
and he's got one of the best matchups of all running backs this week, and the schedule does not stop being friendly for, what, the next six, seven weeks with maybe like one bad spot mixed in there. If you don't get him now and he blows up in week four, people are going to go right back to what they were doing week one and go, oh my God, David Johnson did really look good. He was just had a bad matchup. So your window is open now. If you don't get in, it's going to close. Moody, uh, do you want to bring up that Jake was using sound effects was not a time machine. It changed the ending. If that's the Wayne's World reference that we're talking about, Jakey. No, I was like, it's that Wayne's World wasn't the only one. I don't know. I they thinking, did diddly do, diddly do, diddly do. I know they did. I was thinking more of like Say by the Bell. That was multiverse skipping what Wayne's World. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> Eric Moody, are you? You as, hate uh, the multiverse <laughs> stuff because you hate Avengers. Uh, that's See, not it all true. comes back. Oh, that, is, that is not true at all, Jake. And we can talk about that <laughs> off air as well. <laughs> I love them. I have multiverse graphic novels over here on my bookshelf. So how dare as you, long sir? As, you as long as you don't involve a gauntlet, you're good. <laughs> all I'm saying is we'll get we'll get to it. it would, never mind. Eric Moody. Are you as uh, effusive with your love for David Johnson as Jake is? I mean, is, is there any counter to this? Or are we? I mean, like so far, it seems like we've been pretty unanimous here on these players, uh, which in itself is a service. But are you are you big on David Johnson too? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll, I'll kind of take the other side of the uh, the ledger. I just think the Texans defense is is going to be a problem and, and will be a problem, you know, all season. Uh, I know Johnson is getting the volume. But I do have some concern, like with his uh, number of targets that he's getting per game. You know, it's only three point five targets, and if you look at all the different running backs that are out there and their average number of targets per game, and that's very, very far down, like on the list. I think another issue, you know, to Jake's point, people were like enamored and in love with David Johnson after Week One. He's back. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. All that kind of Twitter banner that goes back and forth. But I think one thing, if you look at his efficiency, yeah. like at fantasy points over expectation and other efficiency metrics, his efficiency took a dip in week two and in week three. And he could still be valuable as a receiver out of the backfield. My, my other concern, again, something else in fantasy that you really can't quantify, is just Bill O'Brien and, and the dysfunction in Houston that is literally like bled to every aspect of the organization. I just have some concerns that they're really going to use him the way that he needs to be used and to put him in a position to be successful. So that's really my biggest concern with, uh, with DJ. Uh, Eric Moody, why don't you rank the four players that we've talked about so far that we've focused on Joe Mixon, Odell Beckham Jr. Now, by the way, this is a pretty good starting lineup. Uh, according to what we've said on the show so far, you put Joe Mixon and David Johnson, your starting running backs, Odell Beckham Jr. And Allen Robinson, as your wide receivers. I don't know what that proves in terms of how you drafted your team. I guess you would have gone Mixon, and then maybe David Johnson, and then Beckham, then Robinson. But, I mean, that's that's a healthy team that's been underperforming that looks like over the next 10 weeks you could get a lot of work out of. But, um, Eric, how would you rank these four in terms of who you want for the rest of the year? Yeah, I would say uh, Allen Robinson's definitely uh, definitely number one. You know, that's a guy uh, that I want. Uh, number two, you know, Joe Mixon. You know, they paid him the money. He's going to get the opportunities. They'll just take some additional time for things to gel. So he'd be number two. And then I would say uh, David Johnson, I would say, is number three just because of the volume. The volume will be there. You just hope. I know hope's not a strategy that they do use him more as a receiver. Then I'll say Odell Beckham last because of Baker Mayfield. Uh, Eric Moody, would you, if you had David Johnson and someone's like, hey, man, I'll give you my Darren Waller for him. And just assume you're in a situation where maybe you have Austin Hooper, I'd say, and you've reached your wit's end. Would you be like, yeah, all right, cool. And also assume that you have enough backup on David Johnson. Say you've got James Robinson and Darrell Henderson. You're yeah, yeah. If, you, if you've got some other running backs that are getting volume, yeah, I'll definitely take uh, Darren Waller. It's just with, with tight ends, you know, I say it often, it's like a desolate wasteland like in, in the Mad Max film series. So you, know, you at least want to take a tight end that, that's going to get some consistent volume. With how these uh, Raiders receivers can't stay healthy, he's going to get all the volume that he can physically handle. Jake, how about you? Uh, actually, you know, let me give you a different trade. I want to – I want to – Give you uh, AJ Brown. That's an interesting one. There's an actual trade for David Johnson. Um, again, based on you know what you need and what your team can handle. AJ Brown hurt. Obviously, going to miss this week with all the COVID stuff. Uh, Jakey, Jakey, who wins that deal? David Johnson versus AJ Brown. Nobody wins it. I hate. I, there you go. You can bring out angry Jake. Oh, like right, stuff with stop with the win. I, like I hate when people are like. What about this trade and this side? Tell me which side wins. I well, don't both know. Sides it's can all win, Jake. No, exactly exactly it's relative especially like if you said 
AJ Brown versus DJ Chark. Who wins? I'd just be like, all right, who do I like for the rest of the year? That's You could say who wins that. But when you start involving two positions, differing positions, unbalanced trades, it's all relative. And now you're doing a running back versus a wide receiver. Both sides, as you just said, could win. Both sides could lose. <laughs> if the guy getting David Johnson's has him as his RB4 and the guy with the, um, getting A.J. Brown has him as his wide receiver 5 and you're not really doing anything to your lineup, then nobody wins. So both people can win. Nobody can win. If you just told me in a vacuum, if they start in my flex spot, I would go with David Johnson. Thank you. Are you okay? I'm fine. You wanted All angry right. Jake today. You got angry Jake. <laughs> no, I did not. But I do have a game called How Mad Can We Make Jake that I haven't pulled out yet. We'll get to that <laughs> at some point. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, well, let me ask you this, Jake. You've got David Johnson. Someone comes at you with A.J. Brown. Who would you – I mean, if you came back with like, all right, I'll do it, but give me D.K. Metcalf. Or I'll do it, but give me Will Fuller. Or I'll no. do it, but give me – stop. Well, Will Fuller's an actual trade. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything here because that, that was a trade that happened. Yeah, and that um, person's a moron. Or, or I'll do it, but give me Gallup and Montgomery. Uh, are those things you would say outside of the Will Fuller thing? Uh, I would do Gallup and Montgomery only because David Johnson and Montgomery aren't too dissimilar for their risk and upside and with no Cohen. Uh, my, people are just assuming, we've talked about this, we talked about it on the Tuesday, a little show that we did. Everybody's just assuming Montgomery's going to assume a lot more passing game work. He might not get any more passing game work, but he's got an okay floor. So I think they're in the same conversation. Then you get a wide receiver thrown in. So that that's fine. The What was the A.J. Brown and... Who'd you toss in with that one? I forget. It was just AJ Brown by himself, DK Metcalf by himself. Uh, oh, DK Will Metcalf. That was the other one. With DK Metcalf, again, both sides can win. I'd rather, at this point, that one, I'd rather have DK Metcalf, but, you know, I still need running backs. Here's the thing if you trade away David Johnson and get DK Metcalf, and then you plug in Antonio Gibson as your RB2, and now uh, your RB3 is maybe like a Burkhead or Jeff Wilson who just both or about one's about to lose his job. The other one just lost his job or touches, I should say, volume because James White is back. Like, that's not ideal for your team. Like, you can't take that kind of running back hit already in week four. Right. Well, this is under the idea that you had enough. You know, you're comfortable with whatever you I know, but I want to give context that. for everybody out there that these things matter. This is part of the trading 101, 201, and 301 is people don't often – you should go scroll through all the comments. And by, I'm not saying this to be way. mean to, to the people asking. I'm just saying people don't do that. I see so many trades where people are saying, I send this running back and this wide receiver, and I get back Devontae Adams. And I'm like, on the surface, if you just told me the trade by itself, absolutely I want Devontae Adams. But now you're plugging in Sony Michelle as your RB2. You just can't do that to your team. By the way, you can read all of Jake, theathletic.com slash fantasy football pod. So I had to scroll. I got so many of them, Jake. There's you want to just say it again? There's fantasy football pod. There's fantasy baseball pod. There's, there's just go to Jake's column, wherever you land. Pod. Actually, go to fan, if, if you're listening to this, go to fantasy, theathletic.com slash fantasy football pod. You don't have to put in a code or anything. Just go to that address for a dollar a month. You can read all of Jake's stuff. It's award winning. He's one of the best rankers out there. High-accuracy finisher. Eric Moody's stuff is incredible. Moody's also a high-accuracy finisher. So, I mean, like, a buck a month, man, for this to help you win. And if you don't like it after a month, you still got four weeks of awesome advice, plus everything else in The Athletic. Go read so, about your teams. Yeah, do that, too. If you, if, if you want to read about the Giants, you read about the Giants. The best Giants, excuse me, Giants writer out there, right? Steelers. Yeah. No one's better than Mark about the Giants. <laughs> Dan Duggan. Dugan. <laughs> Duggan Dugan. I still ah, I never asked him. Uh, Eric Moody, I'm going to let you choose. Do you want to talk about A.J. Green trade potential, or do you want to jump into this Cole Beasley, Hunter Renfro thing and then see what we think now about Mike Davis, Devontae Freeman, Darrell Henderson after seeing him kind of break out or not break out? Yeah, I'll say let's touch uh, briefly on uh, A.J. Green. Cause, uh, yeah, because I've been getting a, uh, getting a lot of questions about A.J. Green like on, uh, on Twitter and then some of the comments on uh, at The Athletic. So, like, you look at Green um, – I'm like, he's accumulated 28 targets through three games, which actually ranks seventh amongst wide receivers. I'm like, he's getting a ton of air yards, too. Um, only receiver with more air yards uh, than Green is Calvin Ridley, who has like 478. Uh, but but one thing with, with Green that is... Oh, Moody, Moody can, I, can I just interrupt oh, yeah. you for a second if people are listening and they're not they're not sure what air yards are? Oh, yeah. Um, this, is, this is like, it'll tell you the difference between if a, if a player catches the ball five yards away from the quarterback and runs a lot with it, or if the player is like way downfield and the quarterback's throwing at him 
you know, the ball's traveling in the air for a while, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of an easy... Where the ball leaves the quarterback's hand to where it would come down, whether or not it's in the hands of the receiver. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like... Same thing, right? Yeah, it's like on any given pass, like, you know, air yards are defined, like, as the difference between, like, the line of scrimmage and the yard line where the ball got to the receiver. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure. No, yeah, th- thanks for that, just to kind of give everyone a, a visual on that. So, I'm like, he, you know, he's getting, you know, the targets and the opportunities to make things happen, but just the efficiency is uh, he's, he's really, really, really crushing people right now. Because if you look at, uh, like, fantasy points, like over expectation, which is basically an efficiency metric that's going to take into account targets, yards, down and distance, and and distill that to a number where you can look at all the different stats and evaluate players. I'm like, he's the worst wide receiver in football right now looking through that metric. So if you're looking at green, I want to move away from him. If, if you still want to target the Bengals passing offense, I just rather have Tyler Boyd or T Higgins. That I think a lot of people are, are really overlooking right now. And he may be available like in your league, so I would go check that out. But yeah, that, that's my feelings like when Green. So you know, I would definitely try to move him. And it was some intriguing trades, uh, Nando, that we were all talking about and prepared for the show. That uh, I'd be very interested in to uh, move away from Green and acquire those players. So would you say so? The trades that were made on Yahoo: Mike Davis, Darrell Henderson, Debo Samuel, Julian Edelman. And then there were some bigger ones. I find the bigger ones kind of interesting, but I mean, they're so specific to your league. But there was this one with A.J. Green, Noah Fant, Fant and Miles Gaskin uh, for Travis Kelsey. And then there was a Green and Kenyon Drake for Calvin Ridley, and then a Green and Fournette for Julio. Um, oh, God. Yeah, right? Like, Jake, these are, these are cool trades, right? Well, I mean, do you realize that Fournette, they just get first of all he's hurt now apparently too right right yeah like just well i don't even know why people are messing around like yeah okay get excited for ronald jones by the way if ronald jones has a good game complete sidebar sell him after this week if you don't get away from arians that's your own fault uh the mike davis wouldn't do because mike davis is about to lose his job uh daryl henderson you know i love daryl henderson i would think about that one debo absolutely i cannot believe how many leagues this is going to be the top of the waiver column next week Go make sure he wasn't dropped. I can't believe how many leagues Debo Samuel is sitting out there in. Julian Edelman, I would do because he's the number one. Uh, You're and saying then you'll take Edelman. You'll give up your green I would take Edelman. Edelman in a heartbeat. I would take Debo in a heartbeat. I would take Henderson if I needed a running back more than A.J. Green. Look, there's the risk that he loses the job in a week, maybe this week, next week, because of that backfield. What if he keeps the job? What if, you know, even if it's only 60%, he leads that backfield every single week? That's the upside with Henderson. So the Kelsey one is just too much... There's too much context that's needed for that one. But the others, the Green Drake, again, kind of need context. I, I don't love that one for Ridley. You would have to be flush with running backs. And I don't know that anybody is right now. All right. Eric Moody, any of these jump out at you as like big time? Like, yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, I, I was really looking at like that one for Edelman. Uh, just considering like the air yards that Edelman's getting and the targets, you know, I, I really like that trade. I'm, I'm also very high on Daryl Henderson. I know he was someone that I mentioned in the uh, under the radar column uh, for this week. Uh, so he's a player, you know, that I would like. And then with, with Debo too, like to Jake's point, I'm just really surprised to see, you know, Debo available in so many leagues and just getting a lot of questions about Debo. Should I drop Debo? Do I need to hold to him? You know, heck yeah, you need to hold on to Debo. <laughs> I was like, we saw what Brandon Ayuk did uh, last week, you know, in the Debo Samuel role. But I really like the one where you get, um, you know, green, you trade away green and Fournette to, to land Julio. Because with the way that Calvin Ridley's playing right now, um, and then also with Russell Gage, I'm like, the Falcons aren't necessarily going to feel the need to rush like Julio back. And I'm just thinking being able to get away, you know, from the Arians backfield, move away from green and be able to land Julio, you know, for the, especially for the second half of the season. You know, I I just think that's a, that's a trade that could be potentially like a a league winning move for, for some fantasy players out there. Nice. Uh, Okay. Let's get into a couple of these guys, a couple of guys who jumped up in ownership and uh, a few, however many we can get to who have jumped up. A lot last week. All right, first guy I want to look at. Well, actually, let's let's put them together. Cole Beasley and Hunter Renfro um, added in 19 and 14% of leagues, respectively, on CBS. Beasley's up to 49%. Hunter Renfro's up to 56%. Uh, Obviously, there's some injury consideration here if Henry Ruggs isn't going to play, but 
This is actually the question I wanted to ask. Jake, I'll go to you first. Uh, Hunter Renfro, even if Henry Ruggs plays, isn't Hunter Renfro basically the slot guy whose volume might not even be affected by Henry Ruggs being in the game? No. Or am I wrong on that? You're wrong on that. Because no. he is the uh, next he, question. <laughs> he is the slot guy because the problem is it's affected. He's the third option if Ruggs is out there. But Ruggs and Edwards. So your question is you're wrong, but you're not a hundred percent wrong because Edwards is out right now. So if Ruggs were to play, Ruggs would probably play outside more than he had been because he'd been able to play some slot with Edwards out there. No Edwards, no Ruggs. That makes Renfro 100% the slot guy. So right now, with neither one of them out there, he's a great option because they're going to try and stick Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar outside, which Nelson Aguilar, we know, is going to be displaced playing outside. I lo- Dude, I know people don't like Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar, but, uh, man, if like if you're desperate right now and if you lost a, a Titan or a Steeler, you had a couple and you don't like your bench options, which shouldn't be a huge problem because we don't have buys yet, but, man, like... These guys have talent. I mean, they've they've had some hiccups along the way, and they yeah, but know, they play Buffalo. Aguilar especially disappears, but they play Buffalo. Somebody, right? No, I wrote about it in the waivers. I wrote about it in the matchup or the sleepers too this week. Buffalo, you attack underneath. You attack. There's three teams specifically that the one area you get up on them is underneath and with slot guys and short options. One of them is the Ravens. The other two who are worse than they're actually the top two teams to do this against. They just faced each other last week, and what happened? You saw how much Cole Beasley and Robert Woods, and by the way, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in that game combined for 101 of their 181 yards after the catch. You hit the Bills and the Rams underneath. That's where you get them. And so this is a perfect situation for Hunter Renfro. Eric Moody, uh, if I gave you the choice between Cole Beasley and Hunter Renfro, rest of season. Uh, Beasley had 100-plus targets last year. And uh, I, th- I think people are just finally coming around. To, to, look, this Buffalo offense is totally different than it has been in the past under Brian Dayball, too. So I don't know if it's fool's gold or if he's an integral part of this. You know, he's Dayball came from New England. I mean, he, he was in Cleveland or whatever before, but you know, he was there for those slot guys that Tom Brady loved. How are you looking at Cole Beasley and Hunter Renfro as kind of, you know, maybe in a PPR league? Yeah, I'd rather go with uh, with Hunter Renfro for a couple of reasons. You look at uh, going back to the Bills, you have Cole Beasley. I know Beasley had his fair share of targets last season. It's just going to be very difficult for him to to get targets this season. Josh Allen obviously wants to attack defenses vertically, and he is you know peppering you know Brown, Stephon Diggs with targets. And so I just don't see uh, Cole Beasley in the pecking order of things being able to get a lot of uh, a lot of targets too. And also with the uh, other receiver that's there, oh man, his name escapes me, uh, Gabriel Davis, right? Boom Jake. in Buffalo. Boom. Yeah. He's actually, I was so going to say, is, I was going to wait for you to finish, Moody, but I was going to say, he's, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Beasley's not even the best pickup. Gabriel Davis is. Yeah. And so just with all those different factors, you know, fading him. But with Hunter Renfro, uh, he's got rapport with uh, with Derek Carr, uh, you know, going back to last season. But one thing with Derek Carr, um, he's really spreading the ball out uh, quite a bit. Uh, quite a bit when you look at all the different targets, uh, the target share amongst all these different receivers. So if you have Edwards out and Ruggs may be out, even if Ruggs does play to what Jake mentioned, I'm like Renfro would be the guy uh, short term. But I think when you look at it over the scope of an entire season, I think Renfro is going to finish with more fantasy points than Beasley kind of for all those different reasons combined. Nice. Uh, really quickly, we got to, we got to wrap it up, but uh, Mike Davis, Devonte Freeman, Darrell Henderson, all kind of in the same boat. In a way, there were major pickups last week, and Henderson, to a degree, was already kind of picked up. If you were lucky, you could you could scoop him up last week. But um, really, this, I mean, this comes down to me is, is Mike Davis and Devonta Freeman. And I know if you look at just last week's numbers, um, you're not thrilled with Devonta Freeman. But Jake, if I presented you with both Mike Davis and Devonta Freeman and said pick one for the rest of the year, is, is there a shot you can say, well, Devonta Freeman is going to play more snaps, is eventually going to get involved in this offense? and maybe might be a better ad than Mike Davis at this point? Yeah, uh, if you need the short-term win. Oh, you're going to say no. No, because right. if, sh- if you need the next two weeks wins, it's Mike Davis, and it's not even close. That, it's, it's, that's a slam dunk. If you said what your question was was the rest of the year, you kind of go after Freeman. I, I, ideally, you would get both and then flip Mike Davis to somebody who's desperate right now. But Freeman, the fact that he was involved in that game coming off, not playing anywhere, no practices, being reportedly out of shape, and you saw him, he looked, he didn't look 100%, but he showed, like, 
I would say he was 90%. He had a little burst there in the one run. But all that being said is that kind of use proved that Deion Lewis is not the answer. Wayne Gallman is not the answer. And yeah, that team didn't really do anything in the backfield. But the fact that he was used that much immediately tells me this is his backfield as soon as he's ready to roll. Eric Moody, are you in agreement? Yeah, it's just uh, here's where I struggle is that I um, <laughs> just want to think about Devontae Freeman and uh Kind of with the offense that he that he's tied to now, just all those different all those different running backs there with the with the Giants. I I, I just rather have I just rather have Davis because a couple of reasons. You look at McCaffrey with the high ankle sprain, and I can only imagine for a running back that's a very difficult injury to to get over. I dealt with the high ankle sprain, and it it was it was a pain to play with. <laughs> <laughs> I had to play with it for like the last three games of the season. I was like, my footwork was was sloppy. It, it was just, it was just tough. And so I can see a scenario for where Mike Davis is um, kind of doing what he needs to do for uh, Carolina and for where, you know, they, they take their time bringing back Christian McCaffrey and then still kind of have, and this may be kind of blasphemy, but it may even be like a, a split backfield for where, they're sharing the load because they invested a lot of money in Christian McCaffrey. At the end of the day, NFL is a business. If you're going to invest that much money in a running back, I'm like, why, why rush him back for where he could injure himself even further? So that's kind of the take that I'm taking there. So I just rather have Mike Davis, because I still think he'll be involved even when McCaffrey comes back. All right. Likey, likey. Uh, thank you guys. I hope, uh, I hope this is informative and helpful to some people who are, uh, your brain might be swirling right now with all these injuries. You might be looking to make some trades and don't know exactly what the value is and don't want to get ripped off or, you know, don't want to give up too much for someone you might be targeting. Um, and you're getting the advice from two of the best in the game. So I hope you enjoyed that. Anyway, um, thank you both, Jake, Eric Moody. Jake, enjoy your massage. That's not this week. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Eric Moody, enjoy your uh, several more cups of coffee. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm about to go. Uh, about to go make some more right now. You got nice. it. Coffee fanatic. <laughs> uh, I get that feeling because every time we say what's going on, you're like, "Well, I just had 17 cups of coffee and I'm ready to go." I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's, it's when I get over 20. That's where that's where crazy things happen. I'm just saying. Ooh, do you grind? You grind down the beans, or do you get the the already ground down coffee? Yeah, I, I used to grind down the beans, but I get um, I just get the the ground ground coffee. So I, I'm kind of the type for where it doesn't necessarily have to be Starbucks or bust. I just I just like trying a lot of those smaller um, kind of coffee companies that are out there. I know Amazon's oh, got nice. a lot of good stuff that I buy and just stuff locally. So I'm not Support I'm not picky. Small business. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, totally agree with that. There we go. Jakey's getting local massages. Moody's buying local coffee. I'm sure I'm doing. I I. I Visit the Italian bakery in Delhi. So there we go. Congratulations to all of us. Uh, we hope we helped. We hope you enjoyed this. Go make some trades or don't if you're not getting enough. Uh, we'll see you later. Enjoy this week. Good luck. Bye-bye.